Welcome to the Nocturnal Hideout Podcast. Enjoy your stay. Welcome to this Nocturnal Hideout solo episode where I will talk about buying my Saab 900 at age 22. Um, so I thought I would start in, in my past. Uh, so I was always interested in cars as a kid. My brother and I, we used to play with matchbox cars, like these tiny metal ones um, that used to belong to my mom and their brothers, her brothers, <laughs> um, from probably the 60s and 70s when they were kids. And we grew up playing with those and telling stories and whatever. So basically... I, I was for sure not um, a, a girl that was a lot into princess stuff. I was more like an animal girl. I used to have Playmobil and um, I wanted the Sioux. And I think I had like the pony, I don't know, something with horses. <laughs> But basically animals and, and cars. I don't know. I always was very interested in, in basically the things I, I do now, I guess, like nature and cars. Um, so since a lot of you um, answered that you want to hear my story about buying my Saab at age 22 when I made this poll on my Instagram stories, I thought I would tell you pretty quickly and <laughs> why it was so special to me and if I would suggest doing so for you as well, maybe. If you don't own a Saab already, I assume a lot of you who will listen to this episode are fellow Saab owners <laughs> so um, but for anybody else who's interested I will try to give a little bit of insight into the old-timer lifestyle if you can say so and what was maybe um, yeah challenges I had and and things I learned from having one <clears throat> so when I was um, well, a bit younger. I'm, I'm bad with math, <laughs> spontaneously. Um, so basically, my, my ex-boyfriend bought the Saab 900 in 2016. He bought it in Wiesbaden and I went with him. And when he bought it from the previous owner, he told my ex-boyfriend that somebody ran over the car drunk. So there are big dents in the hood and in the roof which was never an issue for him and me, obviously, as well. And I think he wanted to have a Saab 900 because a friend of him had one at this time and I think also a Cabrio. So he was um, interested in owning his first um, old-timer. Well, at this, at this time it was still a young-timer, but soon to be old-timer and my ex-boyfriend grew up with cars or old-timers his dad had a mini and a tvr and an alfa romeo so he was very very much uh, defined by being around cars working on cars <laughs> and therefore had a lot of connections as well which made it easier for me than um, afterwards when i bought the sab However, in summer 2016, we decided to go on a road trip with the Saab, which was uh, very funny because at this time, I thought I would be this kind of 
traveling camping person and uh, since I suffer from anxiety and, and stuff like that it was just it was I wasn't made for that at this point so we ended up not camping and sleeping in the car but rather booking Airbnbs then because we traveled from Passau with a ferry to Trelleborg and then up over Malmö, Göteborg, up until Oslo. Because um, in 2016 we attended uh, the Gartebil festival with the Saab. If any Swedish or Norwegian people are listening, they probably know what this is. It's basically a festival for modified cars where you drift until you basically have no rubber on your wheels anymore. <laughs> um, so it's not about racing. And <laughs> yeah, it is, I think, because in Scandinavia, modifying your car is very restricted. And my ex-boyfriend at the time was a big fan of mm, cars and everything that had to do with it and always wanted to go there again since he has been there before. And so we went there and it was it was interesting, funny, very stinky and loud. Um, I saw a Datsun 240C drifting for the first time and it felt cool but also so wrong. <laughs> um, because this precious car was just, I don't know, rubbing the wheels off. However... Um, we then drove back to Passau and so on. And fast forward two years later, um, not only did we separate, but he also um, wanted to buy a different car. Actually, I think it was for the Datsun 240C because he wanted to buy one or invest in one. And for that, he wanted to sell the Saab. And over the years, I had more and more fun driving the car every now and then when we were driving somewhere and I didn't grow up being around old-timers so for me it was a very new realm knowing people that all are somehow dealing with cars who have winter cars because they drive their old-timers in summer who basically buy cars and resell them for a higher price after fixing some stuff so I suddenly was part of this car world, like cars as a big hobby and part of someone's life. And for me before that, a car was just an object that brought me from A to B. <laughs> um, and therefore I, I didn't expect that I would develop such a love and connection to the Saab 900 at the time because when my ex-boyfriend then decided he for sure wants to sell it I was like I can't I, I can't let go of this car I don't know why but I, I need to have it um, <clears throat> so I made the decision that I would buy it so Here's the thing. At this time, I was very lucky because I saved up, well, quite a lot of money, um, I guess. And therefore, I was able to afford it, which I know is probably not a thing every 22-year-old can afford, obviously. Um, and I took over this kind of network that um, my ex-boyfriend had since I knew a lot of people already working on cars. 
because I am extremely interested in, in repairing stuff and I learned a lot to do myself on the car. But there are just some things you are not able to do, obviously, because a professional needs to do that. And I was just very lucky that I always had help for even like mm, tasks that need a, like a second person to help you out with. Uh, for example, I fixed the roof, <clears throat> like the sky, <laughs> the sky in, in the Saab um, because the fabric was hanging down. And for years, almost all the time when my ex-boyfriend owned the car, it didn't have the sky in it because we always wanted to fix it. We ended up never doing it. But when I took, the, took over the car, um, that was one of the first projects I did. Um, simply because, first of all, Obviously, I didn't want to spend a lot of money. Like, I didn't have the money to, um, yeah, basically fix the car on a professional high level. I wanted to do a lot myself. And for some of these projects, it's just not really possible to do it alone. You need a second person who holds stuff and helps you and whatever. So a mutual friend of us um, helped me out a lot with that. Um, the thing is then that obviously when you do stuff yourself, it never looks perfect. So some things are messed up, but this is just how it is, you know. As I already said, the car has a lot of dents in the hood and on the roof, and it is by far not a perfect car, but it has a history and a soul, and it just brings me joy. You basically... Yeah, invest in some way. It's kind of like a relationship um, where you pour something in, you get something out. And with the car, I pour money in, <laughs> I get joy out. Uh, so that this is something I, I obviously have, still have to deal with. But back at this time, why this car means so much to me is also because it was one of the biggest decisions I made on my own where a lot of people told me not to do it and if you know me a little bit and maybe have followed me over the years I am the kind of person who used to tend to be a people pleaser I wanted to do things right I wanted to do or to be a good person and I always took opinions from others into consideration also because I never dare to take action in some way because I always got help and I always had this unconscious belief that I cannot do it on my own. So the fear of buying this car and failing in some way, like running out of money or needing help and support was huge within me. So my dad is not a big fan of the brand Saab, actually, not at all. I knew that before. And also other people ask me, like, why do you need to have two cars? Like, that's so weird as a student. And I was like, hmm, it's not that I needed two cars um, because I was driving an A-class at the time. Um, not the new model, the old one for old, for old ladies. <laughs> um, and it was never about owning a second car. It was owning that specific car. And to this point, I can't tell you what it is, but it is some kind of connection I have with this car, which may sound weird. But if you ever care that much about an object, I think it's actually pretty nice because we live in such a fast paced world where things 
seem to lose their value to people very quickly and you rather buy something new than try to fix the old thing. So I really like the thought of, of working on the car, trying to make it better and fix it here and there. And yeah, so I made the decision and it was weird because, well, my brother is interested in cars and my dad is and nobody in my family owns an old timer. But then here I go, <laughs> the daughter or the sister buying her Saab 900 and everybody was like... Oh, this will be a big project, you will have to fix it, you will have to pay and pour so much money into the car. And I was like, yep. I know, <laughs> I just hope I can do it as good as I can um, with my, my own friends and, and help. Um, and so far I was very lucky because um, the A-Class was a real bitch let's be honest, it's a Mercedes, so it blew up two times on a very busy street, um, so the turbo went down, it had oil issues and stuff like that, and it was very unpredictable. At some point, I was back in the day driving the A-Class, being scared that something will just happen because you could never know, and with the Saab, it's a bit different because I always know soon I need to take care of this and that because I can hear noises or because I can feel things like the clutch for example and stuff like that but you're always prepared in some way and yeah that makes it makes it easier I feel very lucky with this car because it doesn't need a lot of care to just run it just runs it's perfect I mean I drove a lot of kilometers onto this car thousands of kilometers because we went up to Sweden and Norway back in the day and I drove to Belgium and the Netherlands and Hungary and Austria and I don't know where else um so <laughs> and it just keeps on running um but the thing that I think you would have to take into consideration if you think of buying an old-timer or a car like this is do you have the network and the connections and people that will help you out because it will cost money and if you're not in such a luxurious situation like I was um, then it might surprise you that every now and then you need to pay for it however insurance and, and tax is very low for this car because almost nobody drives it and it is very safe and, and stuff like that um, so for me it was very very pleasing that I had this network since Saab is not a brand anymore for anybody who listens to this and doesn't know Saab doesn't exist so you can't buy like original parts there are suppliers that still carry original parts or like um parts that might fit the car but sometimes they are expensive sometimes you need to get parts off of ebay however in the sub realm it is always a decent amount of money usually some parts are more expensive some parts are cheaper but all in all it, it is it is doable for me so far and this is obviously nice because if you buy an older car it's much harder to get parts and it will cost you more probably so and also finding a garage i'm very close to the bavarian forest and here um, people don't drive a lot of old timers um, at least 
I don't know that many, and especially Saabs. They rather drive old BMWs and old Audis <laughs> and stuff like that. So it took me a while to find people um, who I trust to take care of my car because it's just different than fixing a modern car. An old car just needs a bit more dedication and precision because it is or it was kind of much more handmade back in the day. So would I ever suggest you to buy an old timer at a young age like I did? For sure, but only if you don't do it for like showing off, if you know how I mean, because if you're not dedicated to this kind, if you don't lose your heart to it in some way, I think it could frustrate you pretty quickly because it is in the end a hobby and hobbies usually cost money. However, I'm convinced that owning and having this car costs probably less than, for example, riding a horse or taking care of a horse. Um, because some repairs are predictable, foreseeable, and if something is fixed, then it will stay for that. Uh, it will stay like that for a while. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very happy and... It's, it's very funny because, you know, nothing can really make this car ugly for me. I had somebody scratch the whole side of one car uh, of my car, um, I think in 2019 or something. I don't know if it was on purpose. I don't know if it was an accident. However, since it is so long, like the scratch almost from the back to the front, I somehow feel like it was on purpose. And that is always sad that if you own an old timer whatever brand it is obviously if it is a luxury brand like a Porsche people might get jealous and and think they need to destroy these objects because it you are so privileged or I don't know it's like showing off but these people don't understand that old cars are not don't need to be necessarily only a status symbol. For me, for sure, it's not and never has been. And <laughs> I remember I truly cried when I saw this scratch, not because I thought, wow, somebody like destroyed my car here, but because I thought how, like how broken are people that you need to destroy something of another person. Obviously, it didn't make the car for me less in value. Um, also because it has never been perfect. My Saab is a Saab I drive. I drive into forests sometimes. I drove over sticks and stones and still running. <laughs> but it is a car. It's something you use and not something out of a showroom in a vacuum. So it has a history and you can see that. But it is fine with me and it's more about the feeling and the joy I get out of it. And buying such a car makes you somehow part of a community, if you want to, at least. I found a lot of people who obviously follow me for my photography and art with the car. It just developed like this, that I ended up taking pictures of it in nature, um, mainly because I'm an introvert and nobody sees you in nature taking pictures. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I have a lot of people... 
that reach out to me whenever I need help. And this is a beautiful thing about buying an old car as well, because you have a lot of like-minded people and you can go to meetups and connect over this object that you all kind of love in a weird way. <laughs> um, so that is, that is a nice experience. Um, and yeah, what else can I say? <laughs> Um, I, I just feel very, very lucky that even in the end, my dad um, turned out to accept the car. You know, it's like with having a dog, I guess, like the dad being like, no, we will not have a dog. And then it's there and then he grows on loving it <laughs> because last year my dad was it's at some day he was just like, oh, we got to work on the car and fix this and that. And I was like, OK. <laughs> And we just did that. Um, so that was was really cool. But he seems to overlook the fact that it isn't a Saab that he actually doesn't like. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is my story behind this car. I hope you could understand a bit more what kind of connection you have to it. I guess it is, it, maybe it sounds weird to people who don't own a car with that kind of special value because nowadays modern cars are just dead in some way they don't have a soul and they are all the same in some way um but maybe it's like having a favorite mug or an old coffee machine you know it's the appreciation for um a historical object that you take care of and therefore I will keep it um, until it falls apart probably I'm not I'm not planning to sell it uh, even though that is maybe another point if you're considering buying an old car it will probably keep its value I got it very cheap um, basically because I bought it off my ex-boyfriend and I was very lucky with that but in general, these cars usually keep their value because that's just how it is. So this year, uh, the Mister will be 33 years old because it's a 1988 car. And <laughs> I guess we're at the end of, of this episode. If you have any further questions, um, then feel free to slide into my DMs and ask them if you want to be part of this podcast and have something to talk about you can always uh, do that as well I'm always happy to have guests on here whenever I am in my more extroverted phase and actually able to interview people um, but yeah in general I'm always happy to to talk to you if you didn't listen to the other episodes um, so far I highly recommend you to do this. Uh, one episode is about Iceland with my friend Daniel. He is Icelander and talks about this special country. And the other episode that is already online is my first episode with Jaden from Montana. He owns a Saab 900 as well and he's only 17 so he got his uh, much earlier than I got mine. And it's another very funny episode if you want to keep on listening to my voice and other people's voices <laughs> um so yeah thank you so much for listening you can find me on instagram under janina underscore elisa 
And yeah, I guess that's it. Oh yes, and no, I, I'm not a fan of the Saab 9000. I don't know why, people tend to ask me that and this is my final answer. So if I ever buy a Saab 9000, you know, it's a cry for help, <laughs> a silent cry, please reach out to me then. <laughs> well, yeah, so I leave it here and I wish you a wonderful day wherever you are and thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Nocturnal Hideout podcast. You can find me on Instagram under Janina underscore Elisa or Nocturnal Hideout. Make sure to like and share this podcast over Spotify or Apple Podcasts and let me know if you liked it. We will hear us very soon. <laughs>